My friends, how are you guys doing tonight? Are we doing good? Woo! Are you doing bad? Just kidding. Hey, can we give it up for Tyler and the team for leading us in worship tonight? So phenomenal. Oh, well, hey, recently I received a DM on Instagram that was honestly pretty concerning. Um, I, it was about like 12 o'clock in the afternoon, and I opened up my DMs, and it, it was just one simple sentence that said, I need your help. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, is somebody like in a hostage situation, <laughs> and they can only get to Instagram? What, is somebody like stuck somewhere? I don't know why they would not give any context. And I was, I was pretty concerned. And then an hour went by. I'm sorry I didn't respond right away to somebody's help plea immediately. I don't know if I'll get judged for that. But uh, an hour went by, and then I received like 12 more DMs saying, I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. And then I was like, oh, these people got hacked. Their accounts got taken over. They clicked the link. They responded to the person that says, I need your help. And then they got taken over. And uh, I don't know if your account has ever been hacked, but it's a pretty, like, invasive process. My friend Tebow, his account got hacked, not even just beyond somebody, like, in his DMs DMing people. But this person, it was, like, a woman from somewhere in the world, and she, like, took over his Instagram and was, like, posting selfies with, like, an Audi and with, like, thousands of dollars in their hands. And they were, like, DMing everybody. And they were, like, re-tagging him in his story. And they were, like, responding to me. And it seemed, like, legitimate. It was really legitimate. So I, I DM my friend Tebow. I'm like, bro, why are you posting, like, photos with you, like, with, like, thousands of dollars and, like, all these, like, nice Audis behind you? And he said, oh, bro, my account got hacked. And his account was hacked for, like, months. For months, this, like, random lady was DMing people. And we'd, I'd, like, I'd, like, engage with the hacker a little bit because I felt like it. And so I'd, like, they'd, like, DM me if, when I responded to this story. And then they'd be, like, hello, I need your account information right this moment. I said, wow, okay, the real Tebow I know, he wouldn't DM me like this. Uh, what's your wife's name? And then they wouldn't respond to me. Like, they would not respond to me. He was pretty frustrated about this. It went on for like two, three months, and then he finally got his account back, and it was pretty like invasive. He got like his identity almost like stolen. It was pretty insane. But I wonder for how many of us have experienced this, our accounts getting hacked, whatever it may be. It's pretty easy to tell once you look at someone's account when it's hacked, this person's fake. You know what I'm talking about? I mean even more so, I, I believe as people, we're really good at telling when people are being fake. You guys know what I mean? Like, it, it's when you, you're talking with somebody and you get this feeling, you get this, like, vibe from them of, like, I don't think you're really being who you really say you are. I would say when somebody is being fake, it feels like something smells. You know what I mean? Like, something smells. You ever leave your milk in the fridge too long? You know what I'm talking about? You go away on a trip, you leave your milk in there, and it's like way past the expiration date. And you're like, it's okay. And you walk into your house, you're like, oh, something's stanky in here. And you go into the fridge, you find the source, and you still try to try it out. You know what I'm talking about? It's got a few chunks in there, but it's like three days till payday. And then you really try it, you're like, oh, God, I have to need to go to the ER after this. Um, but we can tell as people when something smells. It's pretty easy to tell when someone is being fake. It's pretty easy to tell when someone isn't being authentic. And I wonder for how many of us have we heard this phrase, 
I believe it's the phrase of our decade, the phrase of our moment for young people. The phrase, be true to you. Be true to you. I think we're in a moment that we are so obsessed with authenticity. We are so obsessed with people being the real version of themselves. Because we don't like it when people are fake. I don't know if you're a weird person here like, I love when people are fake to me. That's like the best ever. I love when people are lying to my face. No, none of us like that. None of us prefer that. The truth is when people are fake, when people aren't real, is, is most of the reason why relationships fall apart, right? When, when you think about friendships no longer withstanding the test of time or marriages falling apart, most likely these people were being fake to each other. They, they were not showing each other the real versions of themselves. Then when push came to shove, they had a BC day before coffee day. You know what I'm talking about? The reality came forward of this is what this person's really like. And people just can't stand it. People cannot handle it. But I wonder for how many of us in this space tonight, this phrase of be true to you, we've bought into. And the origin of this phrase, it, it seems really noble. It, it seems really life-giving. It seems very full of virtue. Uh, you could kind of tie it to a few things. It's first noted in history, the character in Shakespeare's Hamlet, Polonius saying, to thine own self, be true. Does anyone want to talk again like that? Like say thy and these? Yeah, okay, like three of us. Okay, I'm glad. I am so glad. In a more contemporary sense, we can look at Frank Ocean's mom's advice on the song, be yourself. Listen, stop trying to be somebody else. Don't try to be someone else. Be yourself and know that's good enough. And although seemingly noble, this phrase, be true to you, is honestly a mixed bag of advice, if, if we're being honest. It's a mixed bag of advice. You have to begin asking a lot of questions. What version of myself am I to be true to? And how do I know if I am being true to what is my perception of truth? Already it's getting complicated. Do I rely on my feelings? Do I rely on my thoughts? Do I rely on the people around me? In a more complex way, this is said by young people to other young people, okay? So, like, I don't know if you understand this yet, but being young, okay, I'm still trying to understand this. Being young, like, the main premise is, like, you don't have it all figured out yet, and you're still changing, and you're still developing. And some of you are like, okay, that's why I'm going through a crisis. Yeah, that may be, like, your own personal stuff. But being young is complicated. Being young is literally the purpose of it is to learn and to grow and to not have it figured out yet. So when young people are telling other young people, hey, be true to you. We're always changing as people. Uh, life changes us. Pain changes us. Environments changes us. Experience changes us. The truth is, the phrase, be true to you, only goes as far as you perceive yourself to be. And not only that, it's how you desire to be perceived, okay? So up here, I got an iPhone 8. <laughs> this was my last phone. I'm not kidding you. Somebody like, man, I'm going to start tithing more. But this was my last iPhone. And if we're being honest, this is really, like, who we are. Do you guys see this right here? If you're not in the very front, this is, like, a cracked, just bad, I want to use the phrase ratchet, okay? I don't know if that's good to use in church. But this, this thing was on its last leg. Like, the camera is all cracked up. I don't think it even works anymore. Um, there's, like, pieces falling out of the back. You look at the front. It doesn't hold the charge very long. I mean, it's an iPhone 8, okay, guys? What are we, like, on iPhone 15? By now, 13, I don't know anything, I just pretend to. 14, okay, anybody copying the iPhone 14 in September? Anybody? 
No? Okay, we got a few in the room. Okay, I believe in you. I believe in you in faith that you'll cop the iPhone 14. I heard a comedian say one time that becoming an, an adult and, and growing up is just like becoming, like, it's like being an iPhone. It's just worst versions every year. You know what I mean? It's like the same thing, but just worse. So that's us. That's really us. Like, if we're being honest, we're a little cracked. We don't really, like, fully function. We're, we're, we don't have it all together. We're a little broken. And that's the real us, like the real when nobody's around. That's the real us, right? We talked about a few weeks ago that we all need people in our life that know, like, the real us. The real us to the point that we could go to jail for how much they know about us. You guys know what I mean, right? This is, this is what we like people to see, okay? We, we put on a little case over the top of our iPhone. It's not cracked. There's nothing going on down here. This is, this is rubber, my guy. That's what's on my iPhone. My iPhone got everything fine with it except that it's an iPhone 8. This is what we do with people. We give off the perceived version of who we want to be to others. And there's, there's something good about that. There's some truth to that, that we shouldn't always act on how we feel or what we want to do, okay? If that was the case, we'd all be like psychopaths. It diagnoses that, all right? If every time I wanted to slap somebody in the face in a conversation because they were being rude to me, I would slap a lot of people, okay? If I had a penny for every person I want to slap in the face, yep, right? Like, you, you don't always say what's on your mind, and the people that do, you ever have a friend like this that always says, like, hey, why'd you say the quiet part out loud, bro? You know what I mean? Like, we're, w- this isn't what we do as people. There's, there's a certain level that you shouldn't always be true to everything you're feeling. You shouldn't always be true to every thought you're having. So there's a certain level that you shouldn't always be the realest version of you. And the truth is, is how you feel from a biblical perspective, isn't always right. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Matthew 15, 19, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander, not good things. So we want to answer this question. As young, okay, young followers of Jesus, living in a cultural moment of this tension, where everybody seems like they're telling us, hey, just do what feels right for you, man. Hey, just be true to that little person inside of you. How do we exist in this tension where we fight against the nuance and we have and find balance? Because we shouldn't act fake and put on a front. We shouldn't be all smiles all the time. We should be able to be real with people, right? Shout out, be real. If you know, you know. But we should exercise self-control, right? 2 Timothy 1-7. For the spirit of God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And for the text, I feel like the Lord placed on my heart tonight. I believe through understanding John chapter 14, verses 5 through 12, we can listen and understand how Jesus directs his disciples on true authenticity in the kingdom of God. So you, you could pose the question, how... Do I exist in the tension of being true to myself, but also dependent on who Jesus is, right? So every, I know everybody has like a digital Bible at, at this point, so I'm not even going to wait for you. So it's just going to be on the screen behind me. I have my real Bible here because um, I am just so holy, I guess. John chapter 14, verse 5, it says, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have 
seen him. So this text we're going to read tonight, the entire interpretation of what we're going to get into is this, that Jesus shares that his whole ministry was dependent upon the will of God, and he expects, his expectation is nothing less from his followers. An application of this that you can pose in your mind tonight is, when we live dependent on God, we're living out who we were truly meant to be. So I'm telling this talk, something smells, right, because we all know when something's funky, y'all know what's up, when someone's being fake, when someone's not being real. But if you wanted to kind of have a subtitle or like an extra thing or whatever, it's, I believe it's four encouragements by Jesus on being more authentic. Have you ever read the Bible and you just read this character, you, you see a character, you see a certain section of text, and you're like, dude, if I was alive at that time, this would be me, okay? Like for me personally, there's like two specific people. It's Balaam's donkey in Numbers 22. Like I'm like, Lord, you use me. You use me. I'm just a donkey, and you, I'm just your mouthpiece. If you have not read that story in Numbers 22, God literally speaks through a donkey to this guy prophetically. It's wild, okay? God does whatever he wants. Then there's a second person I really relate to. It's um, the naked dude that runs away in the Garden of Gethsemane, okay? I don't know if you've ever read the Bible, and you've been like, this is such a weird book. What am I reading? Okay, this, this is in the Bible. There's no context. That I have yet to hear somebody teach a sermon on this verse, but it's Mark 14, verse 51 to 52. A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. I'm like... That's just me, if I'm being honest with you. Like, just feeling free, okay? I believe, for many of us, uh, a character we really relate to is the character of Thomas, okay? He's been dubbed Doubting Thomas, and, and, I, and I feel bad for Thomas. I think a lot of us are going to have to repent in heaven about how we treated Thomas. Because Thomas is kind of given a bad rap. Thomas is kind of treated in the scriptures like, oh... Peter, Peter was able to walk on water. Where were you, Thomas? Oh, you had to touch Jesus' hands? Oh, that sucks. What a bummer for you, bro. We kind of treat Thomas like this little lame guy. Like, he is not worth mentioning or giving time to. But I got to be honest, okay? I resonate a lot with Thomas. I resonate so deeply with Thomas. Dude is always asking questions and, and posing them to Jesus. Dude is never afraid to come to Jesus and be like, hey, What's going on? What's going on, Jesus? How do we know that you're legit? How do we know that where you're going, okay? When Jesus is resurrected, everybody's believing. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, Jesus got resurrected. I saw him. He's like, I, I got to see it for myself. Let me see those holes, bro. Okay? Okay, I, now I believe. I, re- I resonate with Thomas. I, I love to ask questions. And here's why I like that. Because when it comes to being authentic in our walk with Christ, expectations and understanding are key. Uh, the right expectations and correct understanding is key. See, the context of this verse of what we're reading in John chapter 14 is it's called the upper room discourse. And it's Jesus, and I've, and I've taught on this kind of section of text probably multiple times. Uh, but the upper room discourse is really Jesus' like essentials, okay, fear of God, essentials. It's like Jesus' essentials for what it means to be in the kingdom of God. It, it, it's Jesus departing the most vital information to his followers before he goes to the cross. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about servitude. He's talking about directives after Jesus leaves earth. But in this moment, the the disciples just hear Jesus is leaving, and the disciples are confused and frustrated. And Thomas, like, says the quiet part out loud, and he's wondering, hey, if you're leaving, what the heck are we supposed to do? And I think a lot of the time what we can do as, like, post-scripture, full-canon believers is we have all of this, and we can begin to understand it. And so we ask questions of, like, the disciples of, 
why is Thomas asking where Jesus is going? Doesn't he know, like, Jesus is God and all these things? What we need to know is that for many of the disciples, they didn't believe Jesus to be God until post-cross, post-resurrection. Very few of the disciples claimed that he is actually the guy who says he was. You can read about an account of Peter saying, hey, Lord, you, we believe who you are. And he's speaking for very few of them. It's when many people leave Jesus' ministry. Actually, Jesus had thousands of people following him. He teaches a hard message. Thousands of people walk away, and he says, will you leave as well? So there's a few disciples like Thomas who kind of are still having a hard time. They're having a hard time connecting the pieces of, okay, if, if you're the Messiah, and then we serve Yahweh, God, how, what do you guys have to do with one another? Do you ever feel this way? Do, do, you, do you begin following Jesus, and then all of a sudden... He begins to direct you, and you take certain steps, and he leads you in certain ways, and you've been following him for a couple years. You've been kind of coming along with him. Then he takes you to a certain place, and you ask God, here, really? School in Albuquerque, New Mexico? Are you kidding me? You, you want me to go work in Las Lunas? Of all places, okay? Of all places, Lord. Th this is where you want me to go. You ever ask these questions of God? Hey, it, it could be worse. You, you could be in Phoenix, Arizona. There's no culture there. So at least you're in Albuquerque where there's culture. Okay, I was on the East Coast, and the food was awful. I want some spice. Give me ABQ, okay? That's right. In these moments, I believe we need to reset our expectations. 